1: player profiler nation it's Maddie kewum welcome to the latest installment of the game plan please subscribe to the player profiler youtube channel and if you would be so kind to your boy click that like button and go ahead and leave a comment while you're on here let us know what we got right and what we got wrong just you know help you boys i'll go in the youtubes I'm so excited for today's guest, ladies and gents. I mean, we're going to be talking about Superflex Dynasty startup theories and strategies, but this guy is one of the most entertaining, one of the best guys in space. So I'm very excited to get into it, and it's going to be such a good episode. So, gang, get out your pens and your pads, and let's start game planning to dominate in our Dynasty startups.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
1: Planners, not only is today's guest one of the best dynasty minds in the industry, but he makes the perfect combination of infor- informational and hilariously entertaining content. You have heard him, uh, you've heard today's guest on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast, the Dynasty Show on RotoWire, and the Dynasty Hour on Sirius XM. Not many can deliver like this man on. And off the camera, he is also an FSWA short form video finalist each of the last two years. Everyone, give it up for my man Aaron Seslowski. After that intro, you you say my name wrong, Aaron. Aaron,
2: Aaron, Aaron! I can't believe oh this. Oh my god! How you, do you?
1: That's the literal definition of fumbling on the goal line.
2: Terrible, terrible. Ter- no, I'm only kidding around. I'm, not, I'm only kidding there, Marvin. How
1: did I say? Aaron? I'm I so bad. It's all right, Mark. Mar- you now for two hours.
2: All right, listen, Marvin Kiwoom.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Oh I wait!
2: Oh, it's a that down. yeah, yeah. Oh Terri- terrible intro. Post. One, no, no. I, I want that on there. I just want to show the <laughs> show how upset oh my, I am. Um, oh
1: my God! I can't believe I said that. That's all right.
2: It's okay. I've been called Alex. I've been called Aaron. But anyway, I appreciate being here, man. On the game plan, I you know this the reason I, I like your podcast so much because you know I like I said I'm an appointment listener. I, I I'm, my podcast list grows every week, and yeah. this one's been on there. I, I like how you guys really not just digging in on the player stats. But anytime you're talking about on how to actually do the things in Dynasty, in fantasy football, because so many times you hear people say, oh, trade back. Oh, do it's like, no, Mm -hmm. I sometimes question whether these people actually play in real leagues. So I appreciate how you guys really dig into the details on how to execute this high level strategy stuff.
1: Really appreciate that, Aaron. All right. <laughs> all right, Marvin. Oh, God, I can't believe I did it. What an all time fumble. It's okay. Uh, here on the game plan. But it's okay. hey, I, at least I hate you. you. It's okay. a memorable moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you came on for your one and only time in the game plan because you'll probably tell me to piss off every time I ask you. Never, again. never. But no, Alan, you're the man. Thank you so much for coming on. I do like, however, to surprise my guests with a couple of questions before we dive into the day's, the day's topic. So, how long have you been playing fantasy football? And then, Go ahead and describe your fantasy management style.
2: Yeah, I resisted fantasy for a long time back in the early 2000s. And then finally I was like dragged into a fantasy basketball league. So around 2005 or so, mm-hmm. but like anyone that's listening to your podcast, immediately became addicted, made oh, yeah. all of the, the usual mistakes that people do, like I traded away a star for three crappy players. Did the, I, was, I was the fish in these leagues. In <laughs> football, drafted Peyton Manning with like the third overall pick when, when mm-hmm. everyone was waiting on quarterback. I've made every single mistake that you can possibly make and I want anyone that's listening to it just know like that happens you know traded three first round picks for a post-peak David Johnson I've done everything so my style though is always win now uh you know I never productive struggle or as I call the win never strategy (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah right because everyone especially in dynasty leagues if in any given league and you know this there's Three people aren't competing, right? They're just they're Mm -hmm. playing for next year or, you know, they never think they have a win now team. So you start off competing against seven people and you by week four, you're competing against four people or five people.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's always win now. Uh, I'm with you there. We call it pedal to the metal here in the game plan. We like to keep the pedal to the metal. I know productive rebuilds, you know, the productive struggle. Those are viable. I've witnessed them work. Uh, but for every two people, or three people, or four people employing that strategy in your league, two of them are going to do that each and every year, and it will be the never win strategy.
2: Right. Well, you said two
1: really good points about it. One,
2: it takes precision and patience to mm-hmm. to like win next year, and I don't have the stomach for that. Like, I can't sit there and get my ass kicked every week in anything. Like, e- e- if I'm playing pickup basketball or that, like, I I just can't. You know, I'm going to start like cheating, like stepping on people's toes, and you know, and, and <laughs> illegally boxing them out or something. Ah, and, right. But I, I just don't have the patience to do it every week, you know, to or to to wait till next year. So I'm going to always get acquire these distressed assets. Last year it was Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. This year mm-hmm. it's you know maybe DeAndre Hopkins has a little more buzz, but I'm willing to give up my first round pick and get like four guys that I have no business getting that are just older on someone else's roster. So it's always win now because in fantasy football, half the league makes the playoffs
1: mm-hmm. and then
2: you just have to have a little bit of variance
1: on your side for three weeks. Yeah. It happens every single year where a team can get hot in the fantasy playoffs. We always called the, uh, the first round picks for the win Now teams fun coupons here in the game plan in reference to you know, know Wolf of Wall Street. Throw those phone coupons out there and get into it. Uh, but today we're going to be talking Dynasty startup theories. We're going to dive a little bit more in navigating the early rounds. But before we do, let's hear for the filer as he talks about Player Profiler Premium.
0: Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the all in package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do all in, that's okay. We have a draft kit. We can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks, our brand new data analysis package. We'll blow your hair back and of course there's our dynasty deluxe and our dfs dominator take a moment check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats information data content is available to you especially you the people that get the site and get the show
1: we are back here at the game plan and burt kreischer i mean
2: <laughs>
1: I'm building up in the top eight up here in massachusetts i imagine it's nice down in florida well, I'm I'm completely nude right now, just so you know. I'm complete. Oh, you're going full Rain Wilson and the rocker on me?
2: Yeah, no, I'm a little stinky though, so I'm gonna put my shirt back on. I was, you know, I was, took it <laughs> off. It's what happened was I was just changing my shirt and it got I got caught with. It. I was like, oh, I'll just leave it off for a second here. That really wasn't intentional, other than I was changing my shirt because the I have the player profile shirt on, but it's a little stinky because I wear it a lot. So okay. hang on one sec, I'm gonna change it over. Hang
1: on, <laughs> clip it. But I can still go bottomless, oh. which I am. Is it, is it weird that I kind of prefer with this pop top, Alan? Well, I mean, should, we, should we both go? Completely na- the first naked podcast ever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll use it as my grinder photo. Oh, my... <laughs> yeah, <you get> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, they, they, listen. There would- have been... Worse ideas than going with a naked pot right now. I'm telling you, I wish I was gay. I really do. I, I really do because you
2: know, like th- there's, it would, you know how guys think. And uh, yeah. uh, are you going to w- admit on this podcast that you wish you were gay too? See,
1: I got a wife and three kids, so I don't think I can legally <laughs> do that. Um, but I would say it would be pretty dope. It to would be easier a fantasy trade with a little smooch, with your right? Boys. But it would be,
2: it'd just be easier. You know, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. obviously kidding. You know, I'm obviously kidding. <laughs> not, not that I don't wish I was gay, but you know, it's
1: yeah. There's, we, there's a lot of gay individuals out there being like, listen, buddy, I got a ball and change. He's like, you got a ball and change, baby. It's called marriage. It doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> yeah, you uh, you have a good sense of humor and you're, you're a good sport, Matty Kiboom. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. So the first question I have to ask, the big qu- picture question, Alan, what's your, you know, your large picture, your zoomed out dynasty startup theory? Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I said a little bit in our intro, but it's it's win now, win always, always be winning, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, there's there's exceptions to the rule, but I mean, there's you get in if you look at the redraft rankings and you look at the dynasty rankings, the guys who have the largest chasms in ADP, those are the players that are the extreme values. I mean, Derrick Henry this year, he's like a sixth, seventh round pick in dynasty startups that are super flex. And he's a first, a fringe first round pick. He goes a lot of times in the second round, especially on underdog yeah. and stuff like that. But in your home league, he's going to go in the first round, right? Like he's going to go like pick nine. If you do like an industry quote league with experts that are running back uh, centric, he's going to go like pick 11 or something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, I'm always trying to acquire those type of players that go early in redraft and late in dynasty because. Let's face it; these dynasty leagues. If we had assurances they were going to last forever, that's one thing. But most, I, it's like the life of an NFL player, right, Maddie? These things last three and a half, five and a half years. You got to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, talk to the guys in your league that haven't won, and you've been around for twelve years as a league. You know, we all did. You did you watch the league on FX? Of course, great Hopefully. show. You know, the, the the one of the through line jokes was Stephen Azizi just couldn't take it down. He never got the Sheba Bowl. And if that's you in your league, I mean. Enough is enough. Let's stop worrying about next year. Let's let's put the pedal to the metal. You know, try to win now. You sell some of those fun coupons. At the top of the show, when you're breaking down your style, you did uh kind of allude to some of the mistakes you've made. So that's really helped shape and evolve your game plan. Feet to the fire, getting, you know, having to battle the wolves. That's the best way to learn, right? Yep. That's how we all kind of did. What do
2: you, I mean, in the startup, do you go in with like a, I mean, obviously in Superflex, everybody knows you want to try Mm -hmm. to get an elite quarterback. And then there's a point in the first round where the two receivers in Bijan are going to come off the board. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, we've been in these drafts, but let's get out of those first couple rounds. Are you a win now player or are you like, Hey, I don't want to go too crazy on the older guys. I want to, you know, kind of mill the road. What do you think is the best approach? Because I've had pretty good luck doing with what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. I'm open to being like, you know, my, some of these guys, they die, these teams, they die quickly as well. There is a downside.
1: Oh, so I, in my opinion, I think more often than not, your first three picks are kind of, they're both. I mean, they're good players. They're young players, so you can kind of have that flexibility to see where you want to pivot. When do you make that decision? And there are some selections where you have to make those choices. And when I make those choices, like you know, we did the Sonic Truth mock draft uh, earlier this week for Dynasty Week, uh, and there was a moment there where Christian McCaffrey got too good of a value. And in the team that I drafted him, we were kind of each drafting two teams is how it worked out, I was looking at potentially a longer-term build but when you get the value of a Christian McCaffrey that's the pick you make and now you're like okay we're going we're going 90 miles an hour we're going 100 miles an hour down the highway because it doesn't make sense to take this player early and then mortgage it later with future assets so it's those funny pivotal it, picks make a difference
2: yeah it's funny that Christian McCaffrey is viewed as a win now only piece right because and he is yeah. and he is i mean but isn't he i mean he's going to be 27 years old we we've seen that he has the type of game that will last Why can't he be fantasy relevant for four more seasons? And I know that would be like unprecedented for a running back. But isn't he the exact type of player that can be win now and win for a couple more seasons? Does he have, I I guess, a little bit more air in him than we typically think of running backs? Or is this one of those things where if you look back at the running back rankings from three seasons ago, it's like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell or whatever it was, you know, and I'm just making laughing because none of them are
1: in the league anymore. Of course. Now, so I've kind of formulated this rule in my head. I call it the Todd Gurley rule, because when he was at the height of his power, it seemed to go away as fast as it came. So if it could happen to a prospect like Gurley, because, you know, if you're new to dynasty or new to fantasy, you may not remember how much hype he had. Remember the Bijan hype? That was Todd Gurley. That was, that was Gurley. I mean, he had that hype coming out of Georgia. So if it can happen to him, it can happen to anyone. But The
2: only problem with the Gurley, though, didn't he come in, like, when they drafted him, they knew he was a ticking time
1: bomb with his knees. He had an uh, issue with his knee. Uh, But the thing about McCaffrey specifically is he's already become his own rule because he missed those two seasons, and we've never seen a running back of his caliber basically be absent for a year and a half, a season and a half, to come back and just be exactly what he is, which is the running back with the highest ceiling in all of fantasy football. And the thing about startups right now and in dynasty startups, if you're like us and you want to win right away, you could come away easily with a build of Lamar Jackson, a second round pick and Christian McCaffrey. And that's something you couldn't dream of just two seasons ago. And I still believe that Lamar Jackson probably has the highest ceiling of any quarterback and Christian McCaffrey undoubtedly has the highest ceiling of any running back. So, I mean, we're talking about massive, massive upside here in your first three rounds. But there's a couple other guys I wanted to ask you uh, about these pivot selections. So McCaffrey versus Walker seemed to be me, one for me in my startups in rounds two or three. Uh, is that a decision you make or you go McCaffrey every time now yeah, It was interesting that what happened because before the
2: NFL draft, I had Ken Walker as my RB1 and not because he was like this typical RB1. I mean, you know, I don't even want to use the Danian Tomlinson as an example, but like even Jonathan Taylor was mm-hmm. RB1 one year. There's usually like this one or two players that you're like, OK, this is the guy that's going to win you the league if he stays healthy. Right. That's mm-hmm. usually the whereas Ken Walker was just like, all right, he's the best, you know, youngest guy. Of all these damaged assets and now you right. know they, they draft jack zach charbonnet and you're not as excited about him which just shows that he had no staying power anyway so when you talk about like uh, christian mccaffrey's probably the better dynasty asset one because he's for all the reasons produced now produced mm-hmm. later and ken walker it's like all the things that we liked about him with the one thing which is where he had the all the um the projected volume to himself I don't care if you, if you think Zach Charbonnet is not going to be you know a good player in the NFL. That's no longer like in play. Like there's a lot of doubt there. So mm-hmm. um, Walker might have better trade value at some point this year because right. getting young running backs is nearly impossible in Dynasty. But I I think that if I and I'm not a Christian McCaffrey guy, but I think the sober view is that that's a guy that you'd probably rather have on your team.
1: And it's one of those uh, selections that if you don't have to make the tri- – you don't make this pick, but the, your league mate does, that's kind of a tell, I would guess, for most startups, right, Alan? Like, all right, if they went McCaffrey, they're probably looking to sell their first-round pick next year. They're going to mm-hmm. take two tens to get an 8. They're going to do those type of things where they're going to try to hyper-inflate or, or hyper-produce those uh, you know studs at the top of the draft. Whereas if they go Walker over Christian McCaffrey, then you're like, okay, do you want my first-round pick for – X, Y, Z. Do you want my 8-9 for your 7? All those type of things. So these are indicators. There's two more that I want to kind of throw well, out there. I, was- I want to ask you that. Is that, I mean, are those guys close in the dra- in the drafts that I'm
2: seeing now post-NFL draft? I'm seeing Walker go a little bit later. The, the guy that's, that's neck and neck with McCaffrey is Barkley. I, I'm curious just, you know, which one of those two guys, because I can't figure out which one's the better dynasty asset.
1: So yeah, definitely. So I would say uh, I, I'm going McCaffrey over Barkley. Uh, because I think that a lot of the red flags are similar. Uh, the reason why I picked Ken Walker for this particular exercise is because mm. it truly illuminates the paths where Barkley and McCaffrey are kind of two heads of the same coin. But in terms of ADP, that's the decision. It's not McCaffrey and Walker Walker right. has slipped. It is Barkley and McCaffrey. And I'm going McCaffrey. What about right? You, like
2: then? what you're saying though, is like the time that you have to draft McCaffrey, it's like, am I taking McCaffrey or Devante Smith? I'm taking a different position. Whereas. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you take the wide receiver there, then the next time it comes around, you're taking Ken Walker because that's part of that bill. Right. So that's what you're saying. Right. Which avenue am I taking? Right. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so in in what I just explained to you is I'm taking McCaffrey because McCaffrey. I'm trying to win now. But yeah. I also think that there's some, like you talked about, all that there's, there's wide receivers that fit the young and productive now model as well. And that's what I love about Dynasty. Everyone thinks they have it figured out. Anyone that tells you they have it figured out <laughs> yeah, yeah. is do not listen to them. Do not yep. listen. They can tell you this is the way they do it, but there's no right answer and if it
1: was we would have a guy that wins dynasty leagues 5 6 years in a row. It doesn't happen. It doesn't. Not in the not in the good leagues. I mean, the leagues with a few sharps, and I'm not talking about industry leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, my home league's very sharp. I mean, we have uh, a number of guys that know what they're doing. They we, we've all listened to shows long before I started doing content, so it, it's hard to win in dynasty. So winning now it definitely it, it should be taken up. So you talk about how hard it is. So I want to ask you this question, Alan. When you go into startups, do you have multiple draft plans, Are you like a, a smooth jazz band where you just kind of improv and go with the flow?
2: Yeah, I mean, one you know, fantasy football cliches are funny, but they're they ring true for a reason. You know, draft for talent, uh, uh, fill positions uh, with trades, right? So Mm -hmm. you want to get. I always have this plan that I want to draft all these young wide receivers, but I never do it because the time (laughs) that you get Chaser Jefferson, I want a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Or if uh, I'm just, I always find myself, I'm like can I really take this young wide receiver? Can I really take George Pickens over DeAndre Hopkins? Like, can I really, in my mind, do that mm. when I need a wide receiver that's going to produce? And it, I I don't suffer from sexy roster syndrome like a lot of Dynasty players do. <laughs> <where> <laughs> there was, there was a, uh, a poll that was put up that has been circulated around Dynasty Twitter, and it was, what's your favorite part about Dynasty fantasy football, and even though it was the leading vote getter it was only like 36% said winning other another 30% said trading another per, another percentage said like getting rookie picks uh, again i i think uh, to answer your question directly i have these plans of getting this like really cool roster but at the end of the day i'm always taking the guy that's going to score fantasy points so uh yeah my plan again it's coming back to what we said is get these guys that have like a age and already proven production and then take the distressed guys that are old, the Keenan Allen types. Uh, last year it was Leonard Fournette, the running back position. It might be Joe Mixon this year mm-hmm. um, that are going to get me fantasy points. And then if it doesn't go well, these guys are always going to be uh, tradable assets to the teams that are in the playoffs. Anyway, you're going to be able to get at least 75 cents on the dollar back where, you know, dynasty players, they want a hundred and they want a dollar 10 on every asset no matter oh, what. Yeah. Like I'm willing to lose trades just to cash out before it goes to zero.
1: If you win, this has always been my philosophy. If you win the championship, it's worth the overpay. It just is. I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to have fun. We're trying to compete here. I understand yeah. the portfolio dynamic. I understand how a lot of dynasty gamers use those analogies to finance and stuff in terms of benefiting and profiting and getting gains and all these things. But I want to win, baby. Yeah. At, you know, like Al have said, "Win, baby win, Right. And you don't need to win the league, which is great.
2: That's the ultimate goal. But a lot of leagues have like structured payouts where second place, third place, like third, at yeah. least you're, you're getting like a little bit more than your money back. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're in, you know, a, a dozen or so leagues. And then when you add redraft in, I'm sure it's even more and more. And then like I'm in 40 leagues. I have my league safe account. And I I never want to like keep adding to that. So if I'm breaking right. even or two xing my money in the league, that pays for like four leagues. My whole idea is like don't put in more money, just keep it going. So keep the uh, fun times rolling. Yeah, keep keep your floor high, and you know it's because rebuilding is tough, man. So you asked mm-hmm. about like does my do I have a specific philosophy? It's just get the guys that have a combination of market value of of real actual fantasy value, but. Only in Dynasty Fantasy Football are you faced with decisions like in the fourth round, Christian Watson or Cooper Cup. Like that's a Dynasty decision that you don't make in 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 redraft.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking at one of my startup lineups here that I'm actually in the middle of, and it's it's riddled with what you're saying in terms of. I wanted the sexy young fun here, Twitter. Look at my roster. Look at all these young fun guys. And then I look at it. There's Josh Jacobs. There's Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris, there's Aaron Jones. There's Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Rodgers. I can't I mean, when you the value ends up just getting there, it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll take Dalvin Cook because Dalvin's gonna be good. I mean, yeah. let's face he's still good. Mixon is still good.
2: Where where do you think is uh, Dalvin Cook's um best landing spot
1: outcome with likely outcome it's i think it's miami i know it's a little on the nose but uh he fits well there, and I think what I like about Dalvin going there is I don't think it necessarily blots out Devon Ache, I think they kind of complement each other at this stage of Dalvin's career, right. but he also has that, you know, maybe he does get that second win going to a new franchise. Miami, you know, he, he played at Florida State. There's going to be that extra juice going to play for the Dolphins, and, and I think that just ends up being his smash spot in all accounts. So
2: what happens there? Okay, so let's say that happens. Dalvin is now the quote, lead runner. A-chain is the rookie learning how to become the yep. uh, change of pace. And then Mostert or Jeff Wilson are the third guy, and the other guy's either cut or practice squatted or something like that. That's right. how you see it. Okay. Yeah, because it's perceived as like this big mess, but Dalvin cleans up that mess pretty quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you say that for guys like Dalvin? I mean, I know he's past the AJ picks. I know we've seen a dip in his efficiency metrics. He's still Dalvin Cook. He's still going to demand a contract. That's what's that's what he's about, and I think he's that type of guy that can level any type of mess.
2: He was RB what last year? Don't look. I'm sure maybe you know it offhand. RB what? Final rankings PPR. I'm not looking at it. Final rankings, I'd say RB seven. He was RB eight. You got it. RB nine and some scoring. RB seven and others. So that's I'm saying. Now again, RB nine doesn't help you as much as wide receiver fourteen. Like wide receiver fourteen is more valuable sometimes because, but. You know, if Dalvin Cook still has the upside. Yeah, no, I like that call there. I, I was going to say if um, the one, the the and the worst spot, I'll give you the worst spot. I think is this talk that you know you, you mentioned the Jets would be would be brutal. Oh my lanta. yeah, the Jets
1: would be awful. Yeah, the Jets. What would, would be- Alan, So what would ha- let's just say news alert goes off. Dalvin signs a one year contract to go play with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Is that a is that as is that a full stay away? Is there a strategy to navigate those
2: waters? Now you you uh, often say that the ADP really measures the the value of these guys, and you don't hate the players, hate ADPs. His ADP would fall so it would just tank that well. it, he would be someone that's interesting because you know we we've talked about on the Rotorwire Wire podcast uh, with you that that we don't like any of the jets to take over the backfield. At least we know that Dalvin cook in, in any committee would be the lead runner. And in mm-hmm. this specific case, until Brees hall got back up to speed, I, I think Dalvin cook, I'm interested in him no matter where he goes. Uh, I'm just trying to think like the old, uh, let's say he went to, uh, the, the Colts, right. Which is not even anyone else talking about that. That's a situation where you're like, ah, okay, this is, this is bad because That's he's got bad. a young durable back. But yeah, I mean, I, I've been staying away in the NFFC. See, he goes in like the third, fourth round. I think that's too rich, but mm-hmm. maybe we'll both end up looking foolish.
1: Yeah, in this startup, I'm referencing 12th round. I mean, and if he goes to the Jets, we're saying we're talking post 15. I'm thinking that's a three round slip. If I ever heard one go into play in that situation, that's um, super flex, yeah. right? That was super And this flex. is a super flex. Yeah. yeah. So we are talking super flex dynasty theories here. You talk about ADP, but what about the number one pick in dynasty startups? Who's your one on one? Is it Mahomes, super flex, or is it Jalen Hurts? Oh, I mean it's Mahomes, right? I mean
2: it, it's Jalen. In order to be the number one pick in a dynasty superflex draft, you have to see it for three seasons, right? Until you are like the cemented number. Last mm-hmm. year for Mahomes was a down season, and he was QB six. Like that's his floor. Right right? Like if when every, oh not, sorry, not last season, the season before when he his, was his
1: down, his down. season see, it's, how, it, it's Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about down seasons, are Quarterback right? six. It,
2: it was quarterback six, right? And then last year in startups, Justin Herbert was getting drafted over him. It again, I'm not saying that Jalen hurts is going to be, take a, a Justin Herbert regression step, mm-hmm. but okay, listen, Jalen hurts. If you want to take him number one, I get it. He's got a few years of youth, but Patrick Mahomes, doesn't he project as the kind of guy that's going to play? Look, if Kirk Cousins is playing when he's 35 years old, Patrick Mahomes should be playing until he's 39 years old at a high level, right? I mean, in the hundred percent. Yeah, so I think that when you're talking about combinations of floor and ceiling, and imagine if they actually get a wide receiver. Imagine Kadarius Tony pops. I mean... It, there's only upside fr- from here. Like Mahomes is one of those players that's worth more than the draft pick. He's worth more than the 101. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, you can't, it, the, he is, I think, the locked in 101. Uh, the other day on our draft, Podfather took Jalen Hurts. I do not believe if we were in a, a $1,000 startup league that he would do that. <laughs> um, but there are people that were thinking about it. So it was good that he did it just to give people like the thought yep. exercise. Uh, is there any it, argument against him being the
1: 101? No. So, you know, first I gotta give a quick shout out to the greatest showman, Matt Kelly. I mean, that misdirect that was, was it was all time. It was it was fantastic. I'm taking Jalen Hurts 101 in redraft super flex. I, lo- uh, I don't know. No problem there. But in Dynasty, I can't do that. I I Jalen Hurts is my second quarterback off the board. Uh, he is, but you mentioned something about Patrick Mahomes. If you have the 102, that's the guy you're trading up for. And you would pay. It, whatever the cost to go would from you the 102 your, to the 101.
2: Would you give your first rounder the following year to move from 102 to 101?
1: Probably not because I like Hurts enough, but I would to go for the 103 or the 104. You so know, 103, you get out of that tier. Josh Allen and your
2: first rounder next year to Patrick Mahomes or whoever your 101 in, in Dynasty is. He would do it.
1: Yeah. Yep. At that point, I'm doing it. Uh, because they, like you mentioned about Mahomes, and this is the, we we in Dynasty, or at least I do, and I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on this. I like, over the course of time, over the years, you yourself have to place these kind of, you draw these lines in the sand because now you have expectations. Okay, we talked about McCaffrey. We drew the line in the sand. Nobody comes back from this. He came back from this, so we have to throw away everything that we thought. Mahomes last year, who was he throwing to, Allen? I mean, he had Kelsey, who's maybe the greatest tight end of the generation, him or Gronk. After that, I mean, MVS, yeah. Sky Moore, Mikko Hartman. I mean, the, the, they didn't really have a laundry list of stud receivers, and he went out there and just casually threw for 5,200 yards and 41 touchdowns.
2: Yeah, the year that they drafted Clyde Edward hilaire with that last pick, was that the t- same year T. Higgins was passed that was over?
1: That T. Higgins went three picks later. Right. Yeah. You
2: got to wonder though. It's like, they've had opportunities to get these elite receivers and they keep like acquiring these Marquez Valdez, Scantling yeah. types. What the heck is the problem here? Because, you know, and you talked about Kelsey I and mean, he, he out in tight end premium, just 1.5. He outproduced Justin Jefferson last year. So they mm-hmm. really do have a number one wide receiver. It, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and most teams don't have a tight end like that ever. Like you just said, it's like, mm-hmm. he's such in a uh, class by himself. He's so good. So, if I'm if I'm understanding what you're saying is what if they even add like a B minus set receiver uh, and what if Kadarius Tony's a B plus right mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean one on one I think the 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 one conversation in non superflex is more interesting than people think it's not as chalky
1: mm-hmm. yeah we I actually was in a one QB startup and Mahomes was I think fifth and then I went in and I took Hertz eighth so I I don't have a problem taking a quarterback in round one so if that being my philosophy if I had a 101 Patrick Mahomes is certainly in play
2: yeah and one so uh there was Theo showed me a letter that one of the people that uh that are a loyal fan of the Sonic Truth podcast and they were um they had a real issue with me saying that uh quarterbacks the elite quarterbacks can go in round one of a single quarterback league and you know I, I I'm glad to hear you say that I I I'm not sure I would do it, but I believe that it's a viable strategy mm-hmm. because what's the difference if you take Mahomes at pick nine or pick 17, whatever the wraparound is, right? You, you're still going to get a good player, and mm-hmm. it's one of the few guys that makes a
1: difference. Who, who would be your one-on-one in, in a non-superflex startup, like if you have that first pick? I'm taking Jefferson. I'm in the Jefferson camp. Yeah. So that was actually one of the questions that I had for you today. Is after all, you know, the, in superflex startups, we're talking about obviously quarterbacks anywhere eight of them maybe off the board. But when do Chase Jefferson and Bijan come into play? And of those three, who are you taking? Who's your guy? You're talking I'm about? I'm saying in, Jefferson in a in a non superflex. No, like in superflex. So let's I'll say right. the quarterbacks right. are coming off the board They're
2: at the top. Where eight eight do they not. come into play? Right, so there's there's nine quarterbacks that you just nine. discussed, yep. and then there's uh, Chase Jefferson and Bijan. Right, those are yep. the chalk picks, and uh, so I guess after those nine are off the board, now I I even would put Deshaun Watson in that tier. Okay. So now I'm talking about a tenth quarterback. When Deshaun Watson, he I mean, he was a top five fantasy quarterback every was it every single year that he was a starter. Now mm-hmm. you can. Kind of tell yourself a story why he fell off last year, right? I mean, coming back from adversity, you know, his fault, his fault. And, uh, yep. but the other thing that I think about with Deshaun Watson is, he is the weather situation. They have a lot of bad weather games in Cleveland, so that could be a problem too. So yeah. the good news is you don't have to take Deshaun Watson in that in that tier. So I think you you name. Let's go through those quarterbacks. It's the the top three that you have: Mahomes, Hurts, and Josh Allen, yep. right? And then the next tier is Burrow, Herbert, and Lamar, Lamar, yep. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Fields. right? So yep. I think that I would take uh, Jefferson or Chase or Bijan ahead of Fields, only because mm-hmm. I'm worried, not that I don't like Justin Fields, but I think that he's the cut point that he belongs in the first round, but like, I can't say for certain that he's going to be an NFL starter in three years from now, whereas all the other guys we named, I can say with absolute certainty those guys are NFL starters
1: in three seasons from now. You nailed it. That's exactly my thoughts. Because Trevor Lawrence, even if he doesn't hit that ceiling, He's a starter. He's a guy that can help you win in fantasy. Where, like you said, if, if Field stinks this year, they got him, DJ Moore. If they're facing a decision where they could get May or Caleb Williams, they're probably gonna take it a year removed from passing on the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Right. And
2: that's you know, that would be like the ultimate for them. What what if they can get their money back like two first round pick or sorry, a first mm-hmm. round pick plus to like a team like Washington where they, you know, they get more picks and they can bring in a, a stopgap guy, like an Andy Dalton esque mm-hmm. guy just to right the ship. Like there's a lot of paths where that can go wrong. Now that's why I said Deshaun Watson, Maddie belongs in this tier because no matter what for better, or for worse, Deshaun Watson is, is four more years of locked in guaranteed money. So we could say for sure that at least three seasons He's locked in. That's why I believe he belongs in that tier, even though you don't have to take him there.
1: So to put a pin on that last, are you taking Jefferson Chase or Bijan first non-quarterback?
2: I like starting with Bijan, although I totally understand the argument for Jefferson and Chase, the the receivers, but Bijan is in a very unique situation where he also can project longer than most running backs because rookie on a rookie contract, Top ten pedigree. Uh, Barkley's uh, was RB one his rookie year. Yeah, he was. Uh, Zeke was RB two or three mm-hmm. his rookie year. I, I think Bijan fits in there, so I like starting with a running back because I like the receivers I can get later.
1: Uh, good call there, and people like to remember Zeke now. Zeke yeah. in his early stages was that guy. He was an absolute monster running back. So getting a running back, this is this is wide receiver season. August September becomes running back season. Because running backs, it's just, Those they are the guys save that you from chaos. They're the guys that when you were the redraft dynasty, when you're trying to win fantasy games, it always ends up being uh, running backs.
2: Yeah, the, the common pushback is, oh, running backs get hurt. Okay, fine. But they're also the guys that win you the leagues, too. So when you look at, um, like, for example, even in Underdog, where people just pull down their pants for, for wide receivers, <laughs> yeah. right? Pat Corrine. Looks like you
1: have for the game plan.
2: Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm a company guy here. I'm trying to help you out, get some ratings, you know. Uh, but the, Pat Corrine, who won the the, the – best wall mania Mm -hmm. he drafted in june most people say don't draft in june draft in august right and he also his first two picks were eckler and barkley and he won the whole smash mode yep yeah so the running backs are what got it for him
1: i made a run in scott fish i was in the semis of of that big tournament and it was because i was not afraid to take barkley i was okay everyone was, was shading the running backs in round three round two and i said screw it there's barkley right there boom you know a lot of derrick henry teams made it far for that same reason you talk about Deshaun Watson. It kind—I of, want to tie this into a, a a question I had for you, Alan. So, like, do you believe in dynasty startups that managers should get aggressive for their second QB? And I put together a few guys for round two and three: Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Watson. So let's start with Watson because you believe he should be even higher than these other guys. So let's talk about Watson.
2: Yeah, the the best thing to do is buy the dip on elite, proven elite players, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson when he had his scandal, I had people that tried pulling this nonsense, saying, "Oh, they mor- morally they couldn't have him on their roster." What? I- I'll draft Saddam Hussein if <laughs> if he's going to give me fantasy points. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: are you <laughs> kidding me? Are you? Ki- you're not drafting the player. You're drafting the player's stats, right? Like, people have Tyreek Hill, right? Didn't he like oh, break his kid's arm? Like, I there mean, some, there's some questionable actions that have been taken
2: in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, there, there's an old joke. It's like, oh, back in the day, you remember like 10 years ago in fantasy football, like when weed was considered like the ultimate sin, I always buy the weed guy, right? I always buy, yeah. Yeah, Randy yep, Moss was yep. the weed guy or, yep. you know, Martavis Bryant back in the day and that didn't pan out. But um, yeah, so getting your elite second QB, obviously you want to do that. And especially when they're distressed. Dak is distressed a little bit here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he's yep. not considered in that elite tier, but you know, he's got, has plenty of upside. So... Uh, I don't think that you in our draft the other day you went a little bit earlier on Kirk Cousins right. in the dynasty league. Uh, that's that's I'm interested to hear why because Kirk Cousins there's a couple things when you go early quarterback and every superflex market is different, Maddie. Right? Mm-hmm. Like some leagues they're they're not going to value the quarterback if they haven't played a lot of superflex. Others are going to just go totally ham for it. And Kirk Cousins doesn't have that contract insulation that in my mind i mean you know next year he's he's going to get a job but he's kind of going to be a free agent on the open market it, it, sooner mm-hmm. than later so that's why i would not put him in that tier so but what about what is it about cousins cuz you mentioned them again today there's someone that you think is worthy of a round two, around round three pick when, and by the way, Theo in our high stakes draft, I'm in one uh, with him. There was a $250 entry. I guess that's not high stakes of Theo. That's pocket change, Yeah. but yeah. but he took cousins in the early third as well. So you, both of you saying it now has me thinking because I was always thinking him is like a fourth or fifth
1: round, uh super mm-hmm. pick. So the cousins thing for me is a win. Now mindset it's, it's 2023 because we don't know exactly what will happen in 24. He's I think he's good enough, though, that he should warrant um, some some respect on the open market in terms of someone luring him in with weapons, a chance to win that whole stuff. So even if he were to leave the Vikings, which I don't think is a guarantee, they keep being linked to other quarterbacks, but they haven't done a damn thing to bring a quarterback in. So he could still be there. He's only 34 years old, so he could get four more years of good production. And we're just a year removed from Kevin O'Connell getting the head coaching job at Minnesota. where We were like, strap in, Matthew Stafford 2021 will be Kirk Cousins in 2022. And he didn't ball out to that level exactly, but he was still just under 20 points a game, QB 11 on a points-per-game basis, QB 7 overall. And this, I think, is his best... Set of weapons that he's had in terms of pass catching. I mean, I like Thielen. Thielen was great, but Addison is an absolute upgrade at this stage. TJ Hawkinson, um, you know, not super efficient, volume guy, beast, absolute, uh, you know, dominator at the tight end position. And then, of course, Jefferson, the best wide receiver, uh, you know, in the NFL, in my opinion, and can only really be. Discussed with one other so he's in a class of two At the worst so I think that Kirk Cousins has some ceiling I think QB7 QB10 is absolutely in play And when we just rattled off nine Eight or nine in the first round Right then he's back in the conversation Now what I couldn't do in our Mock that I do typically uh, Do is try to trade back I've done that a ton in my startups Because in those second rounds I mean I've Traded uh, from the Let's say the 210 to the 37 and gotten a first round pick to do that, and then I still take Cousins.
2: Yeah, the Cousins, To me, again, you, everything you're saying, it just makes too much sense. I just don't know. Like, when I look at someone like Geno Smith, for example, right? Like, Geno Smith has got one... If you're talking about best weapons, he's got to be one of the top five quarterbacks with elite weapons when you talk about... His weapons are crazy this year. Right. And... I mean, the Seattle didn't do much either to address quarterback and Gino's only 32. So, and Gino goes five rounds later. So it's not like, Hey, don't draft Kirk cousins, but I don't see a lot of daylight between those guys and you know there are there is a good amount of, of daylight there is a gap between the position players in round two around <laughs> three and in round five round six so that is why i tend to i've been fading kirk cousins but you know you're making a lot of sense here it's like win now if, let's say you got jefferson in the first round right if you if oh, took yeah. him a to pick six i know people like stacking and it, there is a lot of merit to that so you're making me think here should be pushed up uh so your original question was about how to attack the, the after the elite quarterbacks are off. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, and if you like Dak Prescott, I think those guys belong in that conversation. But other than that, it's similar to the fantasy football redraft philosophy as like hero running back. I like to get my yeah. hero quarterback and then just backfill it with a lot of like Daniel Jones types, um, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, and just rotate through. Because uh, just understand though. When you're in a Superflex draft or an existing league, and Maddie knows this, he's that try buying a quarterback in Superflex, it ain't happening. And you yeah. got to give up a quarterback. That's right. really just how it goes. The quarterbacks you can buy in Superflex right now are like Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, and by the way, I'm, I'm interested in those players on my roster, yeah. but that's what you're doing. You're not going to be able to get... QB sixteen. It's just not happening because someone else needs them. You're not it, try buying right. Derek Carr and Superflex without giving up a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're, you're giving up like an elite, like a, a, a running back nine. You know,
1: running back seven right. to get them. Real contributors. I mean, and you're running out of time to buy Sam Howell, Mac Jones, even. Jordan Love, that, sip is, that ship has sailed. You ain't buying Jordan Love
2: anymore. I have a Jordan Love trade that just came up um, a month or two ago. Who would you rather? I'm not going to tell you which side I was on. Okay. Right, just Jordan Love or Trey Lance. Now, a pick was exchanged. You, I want you one to see which side the pick was on. It was a second-round pick. So mm-hmm. one of these quarterbacks, I traded either Love for Lance, I'm not telling you which side, and a second-round pick. So okay, which so one would you prefer, and where do you believe the pick belongs to equalize this trade? Trey when did Lance, this trade tra- happen?
1: Um, two months ago, two months ago. So I think that you got Jordan. I think you did because you're the smart guy. You got Love and the second. I did. I did. Mm -hmm. What? 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 A wow. So, but is today? Which side of that trade do you
2: want to be on? Now, forget the pick.
1: Uh, I I was on record, uh, maybe even a month and a half ago, saying I thought Jordan Love was better than Trey Lance and Dynasty. It doesn't uh, matter if he's better, though, right? He has the job. The other guy doesn't right it just, now. Right, we're just getting more affirmations for Jordan Love. Uh, you know, I, I, am I a little nervous? Yeah, the that contract extension thing. They didn't just pick up the fifth year option. They kind of whittled it down to make yep. it more favorable for both—not his side, but certainly the Green Bay Packers side and the team building overall aspect of it. So I am. I am that after that action, I kind of tempered expectations a tad because I was. Full gun-ho on Jordan Love because I love the weapons. I I believe in the offensive philosophy of Matt LaFleur. The way he was able to slow the game down in Green Bay, I think that would be great for a guy like Jordan Love. Mm. He's been learning behind Aaron Rodgers, and even if Aaron Rodgers is a whack job taking ayahuasca at the 50-yard line, you're probably going to learn a thing or two if you're Jordan Love, and you know, you know, the podfather Matt Kelly was down in Mobile during his Senior Bowl and said he had probably the second best arm after Justin Herbert down there. So I am not gonna there you, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you sit
2: here and and defame Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, for taking ayahuasca. Real man <laughs> snorts lines in between uh, huddles, right? I mean, you know, we, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, come yeah, on, they yeah. decorate it in the 50 and just oh, I tripped.
2: Exactly, exactly. Just you know, <laughs> blast a big rail before a game-winning drive. Now, now. You're right, though, that both guys are not guaranteed to be the starter next year. So we have to. and whatever you thought about Jordan Love, I I hear the uh, pushback on Jordan Love is, oh, I didn't like his college profiles over all these things. But he's not the same player he was three years ago for better or for worse. Right. Mm -hmm. He's right. Exactly. I mean, if, if you've been at a company for three years, you are not the same worker that you were when you first got there. You're just watching people. You're learning how the system works. You're comfortable. And both of these guys could be complete backup uh, circuit next year. But one guy has the job, Jordan Love. The other guy is in, in a real battle. And if Brock Purdy was healthy, you could say that he'd be the underdog for the job. And Purdy would be the favorite.
1: If Purdy didn't hurt his elbow, and let's just say he he gets his teeth kicked in against the Eagles. They kicked the shit out of him in the NFC Championship. But he doesn't get hurt. I don't, I don't even think Trey Lance is on the 49ers to be honest, and and that probably would be better for us fantasy gamers. But uh, that, just that being true, and I think a lot of people would probably be on that side of, of things. How can you go in with any confidence on Trey Lance? But we are playing a proxy of another game, and because values can be so shifty, I am now back in on trying to buy Trey Lance because the value has gotten yeah. so low. But, I mean, just three, four weeks ago, when the value was kind of on the rise, I was a complete sell for he, that reason. He's- Dude, Trey Lance is Bitcoin, right?
2: Like, yeah, he's, he's, Bitcoin. he's literally like yeah. he's he's seventy thousand. Oh shit, I gotta buy. Then he's down, yeah. down to like a thousand bucks. I mean, now it's obviously Bitcoin stabilized a little bit, but Trey yeah. Trey Lance is he's the if you look at the the cone chart, I mean it's it's all over the place over the last three years.
1: And just like Bitcoin, because my brother's into Bitcoin, he's always trying to convince me to buy buy buy. I'm like, he's like, oh, you know, it's gone down a little bit, get it? I'm like, I want it to go to zero. He's like, why? I'm like, cause then I'll buy a ton of it. I mean that That's where I want to get in. <laughs>
2: right with, vol- with volatile assets, you want to try to you know buy low and you know. But yeah. that's what happens. Is my you know my buddy would tell me, oh I don't want Trey Lance anymore. I'm like, you need to run into the burning building to make a profit on these guys.
1: For sure, yeah. Because this is the chance and to steal a good line from the Wolf of Wall Street. You know, sometimes I'm just better at spending other people's money. So if you want to give me an asset for a sunk cost. I might do a little bit better than with that asset than than you will, yeah. but uh, Alan, we're talking about dynasty startups here. Uh, I want to ask you about trading. Do you typically make a lot of trades in your dynasty startups? Not a uh, during the startup itself. During the actual
2: startup, yeah. Uh, not a lot, but I do make trade. Like I would say, if I this year I've done four startups, and I would say in one of them I made zero trades. It was just a crowd that didn't want to, everyone wanted to screw you and they wanted it. And I would say in a couple of them, it was not, uh, yes, I did some, some move ups, some move backs. I am open to trading and uh, we trading etiquette, obviously, you know, we, we could do a whole podcast on that, but I do like trading back like everyone else, but now that everyone wants to trade back in startups, I'm now starting to trade up because I can get better deals trading up than I used to two years ago. And what I mean by that is that everyone pick is on the block. Pick is on the block. Yeah. So if I'm trying to move up from pick uh, 12 or 11 to pick six to get in that big six quarterbacks, um, I- I'm already negotiating with pick five and pick six. So I think there's actually a market inefficiency on trading up now. Now, you're still going to seed mm-hmm. value, but not as much as you were a year ago.
1: Yeah, and we actually, you know, I was on the latest episode of the Road to Wire. First of all, thank you for having me on. But we talked about trading. We, ed- ed- we do
2: charity work every once in a while.
1: <laughs> you got to get the bums on to yeah. make the other guys look even yeah. better. But we talked about trade etiquette, so if you want to kind of hear a little bit about philosophy, go check out Road to Wire's latest episode with Alan and myself. Uh, but when it comes to trades, I like to do two things, and uh, I call it either the John Wick or the Ninja. The Ooh. John Wick is I throw my first round on the block, guns blazing. I don't care if you do it. I'm just trying to gather information because what I end up getting from doing that is if everyone throws their, their pick on the block, then everyone wants to trade back. Well, then your boy's going to move up. Because now if everyone's trying to move back, I'll oblige somebody and I will find a good deal. I'll move right on up. And if nobody puts their thing on the on their pick on the block, now I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe people are at least thinking about staying put, potentially moving up. It gets me some information. The other approach is the ninja approach where I'll start DMing and just say, you know, what am I looking to do here? What are you looking to do here? Because then maybe you can get a little bit more out of that if you are if you get that kind of that you get if you're they're re- they're receiving your what is it, they're receptive to mm-hmm. what you're doing. They might say, you know, uh if he falls to me, I'd like to go either one of these wide receivers over Trevor Lawrence. So you could potentially get these nuggets of information. But in leagues where I don't know people and how they play, those are the two approaches I do to try to stir shit up to try to gather information. Do you have any any little secrets that you like to do that maybe you could share a little bit of it? I don't want you to give away all the tricks of the trade, but yeah. a, little, a little something something you do here in the game player? I th- I think
2: that when you commit to being a, a content creator you you don't the good ones don't secret's hold back the yeah the secrets yeah. out the window you're you're okay. i've lost Get- out
1: on many trades because they've listened to a show
2: absolutely and i think that's what 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 makes you good at this you know and i Doesn't noticed you? that about you right away you're not holding back you know and as as you see i'm like i'm not holding back on anything as well uh you know <laughs> i have i have friends that 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 content create and says oh i'm not gonna discuss this guy or that you're or right. i'm a it doesn't work. You got to put it all out there. So, uh, tricks of the trade is, and and some of this might seem obvious, but it's good to go over. Like the X's and O's, the blocking and tackling of this stuff, is trade up and give value when it's the end of a tier and trade back obviously when the tier is big and everyone has mm-hmm. their own tier. So, let's say we were talking about superflex quarterbacks and the last quarterback that you're comfortable with is in a two-year window that's going to be a really good top 12 guy is Jared Goff, right? That seems like last year it was Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, right? right? right. Now the you know, well Cousins is above them, Mendo is the Mendoza is line, Carr's below it. But this <laughs> year it's it's Goff for me. So, I'm willing to seed value to get the last guy in a tier. Uh in wide receiver, I'm trying to think who the last wide receiver two type is right it's uh or so i'm willing to trade into that tier same thing with running right. back i know people don't like trading up for running backs but because you know it, we, we talked about on the rotowire podcast about it just load up on backup running backs so that is my number one tip trade up giving value seating value when you're trading into the bottom of a tier and then. But when you're on the clock and you see that there's a large tier, that's when it's okay to explore trade outs. But if you can't trade out, just, just make a pick, you know, because mm-hmm. don't pass on a position, tip number two, don't pass on a position because you perceive the tier is so big because by the time it, whip, whoop, sorry, by the time <laughs> it, by the time it whips around to you, sorry, I've knocked the microphone Literally over. whips around for you yeah. Yeah. by The time the it, it around. whips around, that tier could be depleted anyway. So if you're right. looking at uh, like a six or eight wide receiver tier and you're on the clock, it's okay to make the pick even though there's a lot of sameness if you can't trade it because by the time it comes around you could be one even two tiers lower how about you what's your number one tip for uh that even if it's an obvious one for trading it's
1: a little of what you just said. It's don't be afraid to go get that guy in a certain tier. And an example that I've seen now in some super flex startups is, you know, if the quarterback run has happened, even the secondary run is pretty much gone and we're not really looking at much. So let's just say all of that, the quarterbacks are up, the receivers went up and all of a sudden you had to decide between uh, DK Metcalf, Austin Eckler, you went receiver, you go Metcalf, three picks go by and Eckler isn't taken. Get, this is the time you you get aggressive and you yes. go get that guy because the value is there. Overpaying is built into the value in which you're getting him on your team because he shouldn't be there at a certain tier. And the, we were talking earlier in the show this this superflex startup that I was in. I had I had no intentions to come away with a surplus of running back, but when Dalvin fell and Mixon fell and Aaron Jones fell, I just kept going back to the well because and, and two of those guys I traded up. To go get. I traded up for Mixon and up for Dalvin because sometimes the disrespect goes far enough. And if you notice that with any different player, whether it be tight end, receiver, quarterback, however it is, if your guy that's at the end of a tier, you didn't choose that guy, even if you didn't choose him and you see him trickling down a handful of picks. Go get them. Take two of those next upcoming picks, and then move back and get something later. Just go get those guys because that's how you win in fantasies. When you got a guy you shouldn't have, and now your team perceivably can put up more points than they were projected to. Let me
2: underline something that Matty Kiwum just said: uh, pick swaps. That's how. Swaps. Yeah, you don't always have to like add your second rounder, or add your mm-hmm. third rounder to picks. Definitely don't add your first rounder unless you're talking about like a top thirty overall player, right? Uh, and and you should you I prefer to hold on when you talk about trading my second and thirds for in-season trading if I yeah. need a spot start from you know uh, from Khalil Herbert I'll give my third round pick if he's the clarified starter yep. in-season when I need him but pick swaps hey my favorite pick swap and some people don't like this some people do uh and if you have a trade partner that's that's on the opposite side of the draft from you so say you're picking at 10 and they're picking at two this is the optimal trade partner for you so you say hey Mm -hmm. let me take your pick in this round and you can take the better pick in the next two rounds where i'm ahead of you a lot of people will say okay all right and you know i i kind of like the player in the next round and I'm getting an additional move up. So move ups over rookie picks is a mm-hmm. is tip number three for me. And it's really your tip, but I'm just underlining what you said, nope, but I'm now going to
1: use it as as my tip. Alan, that's our tip because that would be my next follow-up is that I rarely leave a, a, a dynasty startup without my one, two and three. I even try to get a one, two or three throughout the process because I also think in dynasty startups, you can extract future picks What seems which could end up being such of crazy value because you may have getting you might be getting the better player as you slide back and still get an additional pick. So I rarely leave without my future picks because I want those fun coupons when I need to win.
2: Debunk or confirm this statement. Okay. I'm gonna give you a statement that I often hear in leagues. Fifth round rookie picks and fourth round rookie picks are quote worthless.
1: Debunk that statement or confirm it. How do I confirm See, I don't think that they're worthless. I will take them, but I also will give them away for a lottery ticket because that's what I believe that they are. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to debunk that by saying they're not worthless because James Robinson was a thing. They're not worthless because Austin Eckler has been a back-to-back RB2 on a season. You're talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel oh, play. I
2: meant rookie picks in, in Dynasty. Like if you're right. like, yeah, okay. So yeah, like when, when you're so in a rookie you... draft, yes. fourth and, like, you know, often like I'll offer someone these picks and, you know, obviously you know, that within context of a trade and they'll say, okay. oh, those fourth and fifth rounders are worthless. I don't want anything okay. to do with them. So what is, I guess, here, here's a better way to frame it. What is, because I'm having trouble. I need to answer this question a lot. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to you. Again, I'm making you do the work for me. I love it. What is their utility in Dynasty?
1: I mean, their utility in Dynasty is really... <sighs> It's what would you rather have? Do you want the liquidity and not carry a roster clogger? And in that way, they're not worthless. They mean something because they can be your placeholder instead of having. Uh, I can't remember now. We've been talking for a while. If that was on Rotowire wire or the Gameplay in the Trent Sherfield, Shur- <laughs> that's a roster. Was, clogger. was that this year or last year? I don't remember. What podcast was it? it, it what just, day is it? it? Just, we were talking about. We were
2: talking. Right, right. So you'd rather have the liquid pick versus yes. having a, a wide receiver that you're almost never going to start. Yes. I think that's right. a there.
1: Going into your rookie drafts, like I said, Austin Eckler was a late-round rookie pick. James Robinson was a super late-round rookie pick. So I would say in all fronts, they're not worthless. They may not carry a lot of value, and you might get laughed at if you add it into a trade. But I am also a big proponent of if we're at a stalemate and we're at the goal line, throwing a fourth. Let's get it done. I'll take the extra thing. Why not?
2: So they're throw. So, okay. Utility number one here is that they're throw ins to make a deal happen. Agree there. And in 2023 rookie drafts, you're getting fourth round, real NFL fourth round quarterbacks in the fourth round. Right. I, I had one rookie draft where I had three fourth round picks. Nobody wanted to give me their third next year to take these picks, so I took. I was able to get Aiden O'Connell, Clayton Tune, and um, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. There it is. One Joe. of those guys has a chance to start twice, right? I mean, maybe in the Tune next-
1: might start six or seven games this year.
2: Right. That's my point. So they're, yeah. they're, they're quarter, um, Brock Purdy style quarterbacks, right? Yep. Fourth round day, three quarterbacks. Right. And if you have a taxi squad, people will say, Oh, what's the point of a taxi squad? That is it. Because mm-hmm. you can't hold third string quarterbacks, second string quarterbacks in dynasty, unless you really have these extra spots. So mm-hmm. that would be the utility. And I think they're worth, they're worth acquiring those picks. Uh, if you could take multiple shots.
1: So I'm debunking that. I think they are worth something. So we're going to wrap up here in a second. But before we do, Alan, I do have one last question for you. We talked about Superflex strategies, how we like to go about big picture stuff, practical stuff. What is your perfect three-round start in a Dynasty startup, Superflex? With, like, random pick, like, eight or something like that. Let's give you, yeah, give let's go any, in the middle. Let's go in the middle. But if you want to add, you know, qualifiers where if I was in the beginning, if I was in the end, I do this, yeah. this, and this, but yeah, however you want to break it down, what's your perfect spot?
2: I mean, I'm not breaking any news here, but, um, elite quarterback and yeah. then Deshaun Watson, that's round one, two, cause well, bang, Deshaun bang, Watson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if I can't, do that. I want Deshaun Watson in round two. I, I, whatever I need to do, I have, if I pick at the, you know, pick four and I have Joe Burrow, I trade up in the second round and I'll give up, multi, you know, I'll give value to get Deshaun Watson. I, and as in we've there, talked yeah. about, I believe he will be considered in that tier this time next year. So best start is elite quarterback, Deshaun Watson in round two, and then your, your favorite wide receiver, Jonathan Taylor in round three.
1: Or Jonathan Taylor. Okay, that so right. are you now are you leaning, Jonathan Taylor, or are you willing to take the Devontae Smith, T Higgins, DK Metcalf's, you know, that Christian Watson's, all that stuff. Yeah, are you, I've you taken that. I prefer the twenty
2: four year old wide receiver that has already yeah. shown something in the NFL over Taylor, although okay. Taylor is probably a lock to outproduce those guys, uh, because I do. As we get deeper in the draft, I don't mind taking you know the distressed guys like the Alexander Madisons, um, and there's a whole bunch of other uh, Damian Pierce types, uh, year year running yeah. backs. Yeah. So I, I just because of sca- scarcity drives value. I think that's it. So two quarterbacks and a 24 year old wide receiver. And in round four, you should be able to get uh, an older producer. So I I will not take Tyreek Hill in round three. I will not take Stefan Diggs in round three. Uh, And again, that's a dynasty thing. And, you know, it's probably a foolish move. I've been in a startup where I took Christian Watson over Cooper Cup. I could regret that. But it's a dynasty league that has staying power and it's a a large entry fee. So I, I want that combination of ceiling with longevity there.
1: And yeah, we talked about having a little bit of love for Jordan Love. So, yep. If you, you- going to have
2: love for Love, you got to have love for Watson. Answer that question too. What's your
1: ideal three three round startup? I have three first picks. So I am with you with the two quarterbacks. I've just been in a number of dynasty start or oh, di- yeah. oh, superflex leagues where, you know, you're just desperate for a quarterback. So I'm I'm coming away with uh, one of those top guys. If I let's say I'm in the back end and I miss out on that initial run. I will try to trade out of Jefferson Chase yes. in hopes to get two second round picks or an additional first next year, and then I'll go Deshaun Watson and uh, you know Dak Prescott two three or Kirk Cousins Deshaun Watson. However, that ends up playing out, I will do that. But let's just say for the sake, I cannot trade out. Uh, I will go you know with the one in the middle. I'll go let's say Lamar uh, if he's the guy or or Herbert whoever is the guy who falls at one oh seven. I'll take him there. And then I will double tap quarterback because I don't like the second guess. So if it's Dak Prescott, if it's Kirk Cousins, if it's Deshaun Watson, I'm going back to back quarterback. And then in round three, it's typically a receiver or sometimes uh, Mark Andrews if he's there. If Kelsey's there, I'm taking him there. Uh, but that's not usually the case in in those leagues. So I'll go yeah. Mark Andrews too. I just want to add one footnote, and then
2: you know I I know we're running long, but the uh, there's no cheaper place to get a quarterback in uh, in Superflex than in the startup in the start they, exactly they, yep. they are the opposite of cars the minute you drive mm-hmm. a car off the lot it decreases in value the mm-hmm. minute the superflex startup is over they increase in value so get them in the startup yep. they go you, it, it's impossible to get them daniel jones goes in the fourth or fifth uh, the third to fifth round let's call it fourth round of superflex startups no one's. you're not going to be able to get him for two first round picks in no. most leagues so that's what i'm saying immediately he comes he, he goes up in value
1: yeah, Daniel Jones, actually, Derek Brown on the mock draft, he really opened my eyes to be more uh, excited about Daniel Jones, to maybe put him in this tier that we talked about earlier of the Kirk Cousins, Anthony Richardson, Daniel Jones, he which also pro- it, it kind of tells me I should probably trade back and grab one of those guys in that tier if I can. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Jones is in it. I do want to ask one question before we get out of here because uh, he's really uh, – really polarizing player in terms of his value it caused a massive conversation on the last sonic truth mock draft kyler murray are you targeting him with a top 40-ish pick what are your thoughts on murray yeah i,
2: I don't want kyler murray on my team um it not not because i don't think he's good just that I, I fading injury optimism in fantasy football will usually make you money now it's people- so surefire, yeah right now if he's falling into the third round and you're doing like a you know the qb horde or something like that where you're going qb qb plus (laughs) uh, you're taking quarterbacks in four of the first five picks or five of the first six rounds like that's a viable strategy the qb horde uh i think that there's a place for that for example i know that we you referenced that podcast and i i have kyler murray i tried trading pick two for him in a rookie draft so that's anthony richardson right decline i said hey i'll add my second decline kyler murray if yeah i for bryce young decline right I mean I could not get rid of Kyler Murray so Mm -hmm. what the play is with Kyler Murray is the minute they say he's coming back in week 12 or if he doesn't come if it's next year that's when if you want to get out for Murray so in a startup draft I, I've I'm always trying to win. Kyler Murray is a good play for long term if you want to wait and get, you know, and win next year. But I don't have the stomach or the patience to win next year. I'm always winning now. I don't draft I don't draft Brees Hall in startups, even though I know
1: he's coming back right. because I'm not willing to pay RB two prices for him. I don't have any Brees Hall that you mention it. Uh, and I do have Kyler. I did get up him in one of my startups in the end of the second. And at that point, it, I haven't reached, I didn't reach the pivot selection yet. So I was still kind of up in the air. I, I had Dak it. Prescott. I took Kyler Murray because those are two seemingly top 12 uh, dynasty assets in superflex. So I grabbed them. But then as the team kind of played out, I kept taking vets to win now. I traded up to make sure that I got Aaron Rodgers in the eighth round of the Superflex. So now I have Kyler Murray and I will flip him the second we are done recording if I get an offer. Because right. you- I just and that I think what I learned from doing that is you might have these pivot selections in your mind that's gonna take you down one path or another. But straddling the line with a Kyler Murray is a dangerous game because if I have to roster him now and sell him later, it's not gonna come it's not going to present the similar value that I would have if I just taken Chris Olave, who went after him, Christian McCaffrey, who went after him, C.J. Stroud, Kirk Cousins all went after him. If I had just taken that quarterback then, I wouldn't have to trade it for Rodgers in round eight, and I wouldn't already be looking to unload Murray before 4th of July. And... If you're in, you know, ten leagues, twelve leagues, fifteen
2: leagues, who the hell has time to do all this, right? If you're in two leagues, <laughs> three leagues, sure, okay, draft Kyler Murray, wait till he peaks in value, you know, dump your Bitcoin. We talked about that a couple times already, right? Mm-hmm. It, it sell, it buy low, sell high, great advice, right? But <laughs> in forty leagues, who has? Now we all have our two or three or five most important leagues, and yes, right. you can really zero down there, but. It just, I mean, right now. You ain't if, doing that League 36. Right, exactly. <laughs> if you have, this is what I tell people that want to get out from Murray, is take Kyler Murray, take your 24 first, and do the best you can to get up into the Justin Herbert tier. You're not going to get one of the big three, but mm-hmm. Murray plus your first will get you into Herbert. If you don't want to do that, if you don't think there's value there, then don't do it. it, it Murray and your first could get you to Lamar.
1: Well, that's what I'll be doing after this show wraps up, Alan. Do don't ever call me Aaron Sislowski. Hmm. You were amazing, the a fantastic guest. Super excited that you came on. Please plug everything that you're working on. Let the people know where they can find you. Get every bit of your content.
2: Well, here, let me return the compliment first because I was gonna. You beat me to it. I, it's always, <laughs> and I I think that. You're doing, uh, you know, you know. I'm a fan of what you do, and also I think that you have a really exciting future doing this. And anyone listening to your show is already a fan of you. I can't. wait, I, You came on the RotoWire podcast. What I'm most excited about is to show the RotoWire audience, who's a lot of them are newer to Dynasty, and we're getting more and more new um, experienced players come in, is show them that what you're doing. I really enjoy the way that you think about the game, and and not only, and most importantly, I love the way you deliver information. I told you that's what most attracted me to your style in the beginning. So compliment, return. Um. Look, look at this love fest. You know, me, I know. I, yeah. No, I really I enjoy it. what you're doing. And there's, I'm Ugh. through. Player, my connections with player profile. I'm meeting a lot of people. Uh, that uh, I, I, Matt's opening my eyes to one. One of Matt Kelly's superpower is he has an eye for really smart and talented people. And then also he brings me on too. So I'm not in that group. But uh, <laughs> no, no, you are I, in that group. You are I, absolutely I, in that group, Alan. I, I appreciate it. So now that the audience is done throwing up from listening, to <laughs> us make out with each other, I mean, and Matty, we, we,
1: we were ta- we were talking about going topless. here here. Yeah, we talked about being gay together. Guy,
2: I know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, gay gay uh, gay podcasts are the future Pride, of fantasy Pride football. Pride month baby, here, yeah.
1: here Pride month here.
2: I'm all for it. I'm all you know, it's funny cuz uh, I um my, my mom is she's been out forever, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and so in high school people used to say to me, "Oh, do you ever see your mom kissing a woman?" I said, "Trust me, there's nothing hot about 60-year-old lesbians. Nothing <laughs> Nothing hot about it, right? You know, I grew up around it my whole life, but <laughs> yeah. there's nothing hot about, you know, 72-year-old lesbians. So, you know. <laughs> that aside, let me do the plug. If, if you want, I always believe if you want to be good at fantasy football, you have to buy multiple draft kits. Uh, fantasy football players, the only people that will spend $100 to win 50. I'm, I'm included on that, right? And no, I'm, I'm a paying member of, of Player Profiler, but I also suggest that you check out the Rotowire Fantasy Football Draft Kit. And we're going to give it to you for free for two days. All you do is go to com forward slash try. com forward slash try. And... You just put in your email and the paywall unlocks. You can see everything we have for two days. And if you don't like what you see, it just lapses in two days. And there's nothing, there's no like thing to cancel. There's no annoying credit card that you don't put your credit card in. So that, and then also if you have SiriusXM and you type in the Dynasty Hour, you love Dynasty content like we all do, mm-hmm. uh, we put up a couple episodes, including one with Matt Kelly. And you can, uh, you know, check us out every week on SiriusXM on Sundays during the summer from 1 to 3 p.m. And then we'll see from there. So starting, I think, in July 4th weekend, um, every Sunday, 1 to 3. And then, of course, the Road Wire Dynasty Fantasy Football
1: Podcast. Thank you for ho- for, for having me, man. Of course. And I mean, RotoWire is such a beast in the space. It's been around for so long. So, what you guys are doing over there, fantastic. And, you know, Alan's 100% right. You don't get all your information from one source. You got to have to diversify your information. Get some of So, get that world famous draft kit from Player Profiler, get the RotoWire draft kit, and really dominate all your leagues. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at MattyKiewu. Make sure you subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel, which I'm sure you're all ready since you're checking out the game plan. Like this video, leave a comment let Alan know. Let me know if we should uh, throw it all away and run off and, and be together for the rest of our lives. Exactly. That's something we'll we'll figure <laughs> out. We'll do that. And, and
2: Maddie, I'm glad you become a friend. I re- I really do enjoy you, and I enjoy your friendship. I'm glad we've co- we connected, and we're, and we're continuing to to talk. So I, absolutely. I do and if you're ever
1: in the you. Northeast, you ever in Massachusetts in the summer. I'll
2: your boy, we'll have to go check
1: out a Red Sox game or something, it be too much I, fun.
2: Yeah, no, I'm a New Yorker, native New Yorker, and obviously I li- you know, the last decade, yep. the 10 years I live in Jacksonville, Florida, but yeah, no, I'm with you. If I'm ever up that way, and I very well might be in December, I will certainly at least look you up for
1: a yes, cocktail. Yes, absolutely. So that is this episode of The Game Plan. Make sure you come on back next week, and I'll talk to you. Peace.